lovers, welcome to TSPN. Taylor has just finished up with Sydney and oh my goodness, we have a lot to talk about. So we are gonna turn you over to our correspondent Ty and we'll be right back where you left me. It's hard for me to believe that the Australian Eras Tour is already over, but here are some things you might have missed if you weren't watching those concerts in Sydney last weekend. The first thing we need to talk about is what everybody was talking about, and that's that Travis Kelsey did make it to the show for night one. However, after that, he did have to return to the United States. But he wasn't the only celebrity in the audience, as we also saw Katy Perry, Rita Ora, and Rebel Wilson attend the show. Clearly a show that nobody wanted to miss as it broke Acor Stadium's consecutive performance record with its four shows across the weekend. Unfortunately, however, on night one, we did see some weather delays that not only prevented Sabrina Carpenter from opening, but also prevented a lot of Swifties from being able to make it to the stadium. But have no fear, as Scott Swift swooped in and was giving out free VIP and traditional tickets to fans inside and outside the stadium. Alongside those amazing tickets, fans also got to hear some amazing surprise songs, with a lot of new mashups to add to the list. On night one, we got How You Get the Girl on guitar and then saw White Horse and Coney Island featuring Sabrina Carpenter as a mashup, which a lot of fans were appreciative of considering they didn't get to see Sabrina perform. Moving into night two, we saw Should Have Said No and You're Not Sorry on the guitar and New Year's Day and Peace on the piano. In night three, we got to hear Is It Over Now and I Wish You Would on the guitar, followed by Haunted and Exile on the piano, which a lot of fans have some very interesting theories about. And finally, on night four, we heard Would've, Could've, Should've and Ivy on the guitar, followed by Forever and Always and Maroon on the piano. All that being said, we have six amazing shows headed for us in Singapore, and the Eras Tour stage has already been set, so I can't wait to catch up with you guys next weekend. All right. Thank you, Ty, so much for that recap. If you guys don't follow Ty, he is at TyWilson13 on TikTok. He does really great recaps uh, once, like each night after the show wraps up. So he always does this weekly recap for our show. But if you don't follow him, definitely go check it out because you get a little bit more in-depth stuff on his page. And I do want to give a quick shout out to Charlotte, who is Stick Reputation on TikTok. Tation is like T-A-Y. She is the one who messaged me a couple episodes ago. We were asking for ideas for what to call like the tour with Ty, whatever. And she had said Torrespondent and just such such a good name. So Torrespondent with Ty will be what we move forward with. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit, Jesse, about what happened. So First, starting off with the surprise songs, it was Mashup Mayhem. There were 15 songs played over four nights, and only one of those was not a mashup. And that would have been the very first song on night one, which was How You Get the Girl. All right. So where do you want to start, Jesse? I think I had said on the last episode that you were going to see more mashups out of her because when she was on her last, you know, couple shows in the U.S., she started doing the mashup like with Is It Over Now with Out of the Woods and the crowd just lost it. So I think that she's starting to like see that that even I mean, the surprise songs already get such a huge reaction. You don't think it can get a bigger reaction. And then she does a mashup and it does. So, I mean, 
I think that she's going to continue. I think we'll see a mashup every night now. I do too. I almost, I don't know how you don't do that. Like, you know how people joke about how Taylor loves, you know, Australia more or LA is her favorite, you know, like that's the big like joke. It's like, how do you go back from that? Like, I almost think if she's not doing mashups, at least here and there that people will be like missing it. But maybe if it does relate to the album, I could see her carrying it through even once it releases as well, because you know, we've been talking about twos and, and poetry that kind of aligns with these mashing up of sorts. So it will be interesting to see. But yeah, there were some great ones. And you and I actually stayed up. I don't watch these shows, guys. I physically am not capable of being alive at 530. But on Saturday night, I somehow made it like and it wasn't a get up early. So I just did not sleep and jesse was obviously awake because she those are like her daylight hours um and so yeah we stayed up and what did you think i feel like those were some of the bigger ones i know the night after were pretty big too though definitely um the night yeah that you stayed up i was like giving you encouragement um <laughs> don't go to sleep yet it's an hour away i know once it hit 4 30 i'm like i'd be a failure if I went to bed right now like I didn't go this far to go to sleep so it was hard Sunday was not fun yeah no it's I bet not um okay so night three she did is it over now with I wish you would and I remember messaging you during it like oh my gosh here comes out of the woods she's gonna do the same mashup mm -hmm. but she didn't she did I wish you would which was for me that was pretty cool and bittersweet because i wish you would was one of my surprise songs at my show in chicago it was the first surprise song she did on guitar um but yeah so it was it was a little bittersweet it's like kind of feel like my show lost a little something because that song went to another show you know what i mean but that's gonna happen because she has a whole other year of touring so we're gonna see a lot of these repeats well, and now. If if she's knocking out four songs a night at this rate, you right. know? And I think that with Poets coming out after April, the touring is probably during the surprise songs that is going to include um, a poet, a tortured poet song. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think? So is it over now? And I wish you would Haunted in Exile. That tore me, man. I, I do think there is some allure to watching it live and not knowing like you don't get that when you wake up and you turn on TikTok and over the screen while she's playing somebody has put the text like I love people who are reposting it like that's risky with copyright and stuff so like the people who are doing that shout out um but <laughs> yeah. uh but there you know there's nothing like when you're sitting there listening to Haunted and then all of a sudden she changes and then she's like three words in and you're like holy shit <laughs> like this is exile I know. And you can't even hear for a little bit because like mm -mm. the crowd is just losing it. You don't even know what she's singing. Um, that one was my favorite, like the Haunted and Exile. Yes. Um, Haunted is just such a beautiful song anyway. Um, on its own, it's always been one of my favorites. And then to mash it up with, I think, one of her best works ever. Mm -hmm. um, it was just haunting, I guess you could put it. Yeah, and I think even the the idea of Haunted, so that came out on her Speak Now album, which she released in 2012. Mm -hmm. And so that's an early release for her if you think about the trajectory of her career. So the idea of Haunted, ghosts being ghosted, anti-hero, there's ghosts, um, 
she even uh, one of the uh, album vinyls for the tortured poets the first one was ghost white so i do think there's like some literary like trends there between like haunted and and some other pieces of her work there's no like you know deadline theory that i have but it does seem to be one of those reoccurring themes that um really dates back to one of her earlier albums yeah i think we're gonna have a lot of ghost imagery with this new album i'm ready for a dark era like let's go freaking dark who cares i mean spring's coming but i haven't exited my seasonal depression yet so i'm i'm down for some ghosts and fires and dark poetry I actually have said this before, and I think she can go really, really dark. Like, I I mean, some things she's done that have been very dark, some lyrics she's saying that people haven't even caught on to. But I do think with a whole album, she could go much deeper, much darker, much more morbid. Like, well, the initial poem that came out, the written one that was posted whenever she announced Tortured Poets, it ended with something about like black ink through my veins. And I'm like, damn, yeah. I love it. Inject my veins with black ink. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I hope so. I hope it's a really deep cut because I'm ready for it. The first cut is the deepest. Um, so that was not Taylor Swift that sang that. Cheryl Crow. Okay. Um, the other thought that I had, I hadn't kind of noted when I was looking at all the surprise songs that of all 15 songs, we did not get a single red or lover track. And that could just be like a total coincidence. It just stood out to me because she actually this I believe this was the first time that she had done a mashup with the same album. So on night three, Is It Over Now and I Wish You Would are both 1989. I mean, Is It Over Now is technically a vault track that came out this year, but Typically, she's been mashing up songs from different albums. And so I think in that, you know, trend, Red and Lover just got left behind in Sydney. Yeah, I don't know if she does anything accidentally. And I think she looks, I I think she definitely, once she's done figuring out what she's going to do, looks at what albums they're from and sees. I mean, she knows. But yeah, I don't know why those two are left off. I think Night 2 is worth a mention because she does two track nines, and then two track 15s. That's very odd. Yeah, she did. Should have said no and you're not sorry from debut and fearless. Both of those were track nines. And then New Year's Day and Peace are from Reputation and Folklore. Evermore. Folklore. Peace is Folklore. Folklore. Um, And those are both track 15s. I don't know why I keep singing. And guys, we'll try and get something up soon. We've been talking about putting something on the TS Pod Network website with just all of the history of not only the songs that she's singing, but what track, what album, what dress color. Jesse has been keeping track of that locally on like a document. So I'm going to do my best to get something up soon where you guys can filter and look at the data yourself because we love like help with the, you know, this is, this is a group effort and I know everyone loves kind of sleuthing on their own so just trying to get you guys the tools to do it quicker and to really have all of the info at your fingertips because it takes hours to even look that stuff up if you're trying to start from scratch yeah and it's hard too because a lot of people will post the video like a different date so Mm -hmm. even looking by date it's like what night is this what date is it yeah but yeah I I do think that night one was really important. And I think she wants us to look at Coney Island. I think she wants that in our minds. 
Yeah, and I watched a whole documentary from 1991 on Coney Island this weekend because that's like how I sleuth. I'm like, hey, to my husband, like, what do you want to watch on TV? Let's watch this Marie Antoinette, Coney Island, Janet Jackson, you know, whatever is the theme of uh, Taylor Egg. So very interesting stuff there. We don't have to get too into it, but uh, there was some things that stood out to me. Well, it definitely comes into play with the albatross. So I'll, I'll bring that up in a little yeah. bit. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, Anna, out of all of the nights and all the mashups, what was your favorite? Um, for me, it's obviously they're all fantastic. And I'm just going to go off of really just the nostalgia of it all, which would be the night two when she's saying you should have said no, which is from debut. And then you're not sorry from Fearless because those are just like top hits from those albums for me. And like just the mashup of them just really uh it's it's like a magical like younger rage version of anna that came out on that one yeah i mean (laughs) should have said no is one that i it's a non-skip for me and i have to scream it in my car so yeah let's talk about night two though because you should have said no and you're not sorry was really like an oh shit to joe moment you know like if we talk about this being a breakup album not only does she saying you should have said no which is about cheating you shouldn't have done it you should have told her no but you're not sorry is like, it'll break you. You know, it is one of those like, like, you know, helps you get over it type of things. And then she's saying New Year's Day in peace. And you actually made a TikTok about this, about what she chose not to sing of those songs. You want to get into that? Yeah, the silence on some of those songs was quite loud. What she, the verses that she chose not to sing. Um with yeah i mean pretty straightforward should have said no and you're not sorry is i think aimed at joe we know ttpd is going to be a breakup album um on the latest variant that she brought out in sydney which we'll talk about here in a moment the albatross one of the cover art pictures is an identical replica of a photo of joe from his promo when he was in the movie last letter to your lover so i mean that sealed the deal for me so I think I've seen a lot too of people saying under my video, while I think that should have said no and you're not sorry is about Joe and New Year's Day and peace is maybe about Travis. And I don't think so. I think all of it's for Joe. So it it just was the way and like the verses she sang. And then when she was on peace and she said, you know, the is it enough? And she's like, it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough for you. So yeah. The the portion of peace that she sang was the anxiety portion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so out of the mashups, especially night two and night four, I'll get to that in a second, um, with all of the rumors that are going around about Joe and new evidence coming to light, I mean, it's just alleged right now, obviously, like we don't have proof of anything, but there are a lot of rumors that he had an affair. So for her to sing these types of songs and make the facial movements that she's making during the height of these rumors, right before tortured, tortured poets. I, I don't know. She wouldn't do that. She's a PR master in these things. And so she would know when to not do this, right? Like if, if that, if those rumors were coming out and it was like, absolutely not the story she wanted to tell, she might've focused totally differently um, it reminds me too of whenever she sang Dear John and gave a little speechy speech before it, kind of saying, Hey guys, 
and she even said whoever you think this song is about like do not go out and be that way on the internet um not saying that she owes that to joe by any means but she knows when to say hey guys this is time to stop and so i do think with um the rumors i mean it's not her duty to say to stop the rumors let's be real she wouldn't go that far but i do think that she kind of doubled down a little bit on it she wouldn't fuel them yeah and as far as joe thus far i felt like she's protected him Oh my gosh, Joe. Yeah, I actually do think we talked about this in an early episode about the release of You're Losing Me and the timing behind that, Mm -hmm. because that was something that she dropped on a limited edition, only could get it at the stadium, or there was like a limited time you could do the digital download in the middle of like May, which is kind of a weird time anyway, Um, right before Speak Now dropped. Like she dropped You're Losing Me at a time that it could have been forgettable. And obviously for a majority of real, you know, strong fans, I wouldn't even say Swifties, strong fans, people who aren't even quite Swifties, um, we all knew. But your average person who maybe casually listens to Taylor Swift did not catch that song. And so I think that's where she was being delicate with this breakup. And it could have been just the the timing of it all. She was already working on Tortured Poets. So maybe she was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to just kind of hold back and and let time tell the story, because I do think if she would have come out with a breakup album very, very soon after, I don't know if that would have been her time emotionally. Like, you know, we all deal with uh, long term breakups differently, but um, at the very least, the media would have had a field day with it versus, you know, really waiting a full year since the news to say this is my story in it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I did say I was going to talk about Night 4. Um, the way she sang Ivy and the part of Ivy that she sang. So she mashed up would have, could have, should have with Ivy. And if you have not heard Ivy, go and listen to it. Um, it's on Evermore. So she comes in with the part that's the most anxiety-ridden, the most angry. So... Yeah, it's a fire. It's a goddamn war and you started it. I love it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Like basically saying you started it. And this is the only little portion I'm singing from Ivy. Yeah, it's a fire. It's a goddamn blaze in the dark and you started it. Those are such like finish off words, man. Like if you're pissed at somebody like, yeah, you fucking started this. Yeah, it's a fire. She could have she could have put any part of that song in there. And that's what she chose to put. Yeah. So for me, she's being very clear and loud right now. Um, I don't think there's any disputing that, that something's coming and that she's preparing us for tortured poets. Do you think that's why in the Zane Lowe Apple Music interview, when the phone rang, she was saying the word Ivy? I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. And the timeline, like I said, is very, it's very confusing. It's starting to confuse me quite a bit because... I'll never forget their breakup announcement that her team put out on April 8th. It was, you know, blah, blah, blah. They've chosen to go their separate ways. It was all very like PR. And then at the very end, it was like, and it was not dramatic at all. That's how they chose to word it. That always stuck out to me as like weird to say, like that it was not dramatic at all. Why would you even put that in there? She put that in there for a reason and I just can't figure it out. Well, it's just not a professional way to say it. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the 30 second breakup phone call from, you know, it's like, I, I think she's almost being ironic. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just sticks out. And then 
with Jack dropping the date that they wrote, you're losing me. So 12, five of 21. He not, he's never done that. Like I've said before, he's never ever dropped a date that they actually, the date they wrote the song and given a picture of her. Um, and that's quite a long time ago. So when you're looking at the timeline, could they have had these little breakups or fights or because they were clearly together after Midnight's was released because she talks about him, mm-hmm. you know, as being my partner of six years and how we keep that keep out the noise. I mean, she's since deleted that video, but yeah. And I think, too, that's where it's like we start to get into like speculation station, knowing that she is absolutely going to give us more of the timeline. And if if we don't get it, then we don't get it. That's, you know, ultimately Taylor can choose to share things or not. She definitely has been very open, autobiographical, and not holding things back in the past, but it does come out in her timing. And I do think it reminds me a little bit of like 2016 with like Tom Hiddleston and Joe and the breakup of Calvin. There's a lot going on. And we eventually, with lyrics and with releases, could understand a little bit more. So I just think we haven't even gotten any new music that relates to what happened during those times. I know Midnight's probably gives us the first set of clues to it, but it ultimately is not the full story. And even this might not give us the full story. Well, and if you go back to to what she said about when she released Midnight's and her Instagram post, she said, Jack and I had a lot of you know lonely nights in New York while our partners were filming in Panama. So at the time, Jack's fiance at the time, his wife now, Margaret Qualley, was starring opposite Joe Alwyn in The Stars at Noon, which was filmed in Panama. So while they were filming, there's pictures of Taylor and Jack going down there to visit them. What timing would that be? You're saying when she announced Midnight's that came out? I don't recall that post. It was the post of her announcing her announcement of midnights it was in the instagram post so like she said while they were recording midnights they visited their partners there so yeah the timeline's wonky for me and i just need to figure that out yeah well i did not mean to sidetrack us i went that direction when you're talking about ivy so reel it back would you want to talk about the release then of albatross and the new variant yes okay During the surprise song set, she did How You Get the Girl and then White Horse mixed with Coney Island. And I said, we need to kind of watch for Coney Island. Well, during this surprise song set, she announced the third variant of Tortured Poets called The Albatross. Now, what she's doing is she's announcing the entire album plus one bonus track. And the name of that variant is the name of the bonus track. Yes. Which is new. She hasn't usually had the variants have a specific bonus track and or really a name. Most of them are like the color, like aquamarine and, um, you know, blood moon orange, all of those. With file name and from the desk of Taylor Swift and chairman of the board, like all this stuff is is going to come together at some point. I don't really know what it is yet, but it's on my radar. The albatross, you want to talk a little bit about what that means? Do you have thoughts there? Yes, I think it has several different meanings. So all of them very relatable to Taylor. So I don't know which one she pulled from. I think she could have pulled from all of them. And I think she maybe researched. An albatross, first and foremost, is a seabird. 
So it's a bird that kind of resembles a seagull. It can fly for a couple days out at sea without needing to come ashore. It's got like an 11 foot wingspan, which I thought was weird because, you know, yes, 11. <laughs> um, so the bird itself has a superstitious history around it. And it has to do with men working at sea. The albatross, the bird has, you know how a lot of sailors and people that work on ships have a lot of superstitions. A lot of them are rooted in story, in old tale, you know, mariner tale. There's a story, an ancient story, an old story about how there was a mariner and he shot the bird with a crossbow and killed it. And it landed on the deck and the seamen, all of the seamen except for him died and he had to wear the bird around his neck as a burden to show the burden of what he'd done. So basically now the meaning of an albatross, and it's even a saying, if you call someone the albatross or they're an albatross, you're saying they're a burden to you. It's a burden. Not to be punny about bird burden. I kind of heard that when I said it too. Yeah. You also said semen, but well, I'll cut. I know. I had to, I was trying to get around it for so long. And then I'm like, I'm going to have to say semen because yeah, it, it's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, the men of sea, the dog doesn't like the joke. She's like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I didn't know all the sea people died. Yeah. I didn't really listen to any of the TikToks. I started watching them and I just was like, uh, I ain't got time for this. And here we are a week later and I didn't do my research. I didn't listen to any of them, actually. I've And I've said this before. I, If I see something that I want to watch it through, I'll watch it through and then I'll credit that source. Mm-hmm. But I try my best not to watch anything about it because I want to come up with my own opinions, my own research, things like that. So when I say Taylor has connected this to a couple things, the first one is that there's two separate poems that I think that she's seen or pulled inspiration from. The first one is called The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, and that's by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and that is a lakes poet. So I'm gonna be doing a series soon um, about the lakes poets. There's about five or six of them that I think are going to be very, very important to this new album. So you guys are going to want to look out for that. But Samuel Taylor Coleridge is one of the main ones. William Wordsworth is another one. And Samuel and William were very close. So when I say the lakes poet, so Taylor has an album called Folklore. And there is a bonus track on there called The Lakes. The Lakes is one I want you guys to listen to because I think that the tortured poets department is going to be very reminiscent about this type of her writing. If you listen to the lakes, it's unlike anything she's ever written before or since. It's a style, and I'm going to go through this in my series, of romantic lyricism. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. Okay. She's referring to the lakes poets, which I'll go through, you know, on a TikTok or on another podcast episode. Um, But there is... His most famous poem, Coleridge, was The Rime of the Ancient Mariner. And this poem talks about the albatross. So I think she could have literally, I'm sure she has studied the lakes poets 
and what they wrote she probably knows it by heart you know mm -hmm. but i think she pulled the albatross potentially out of this poem another thing about this is that it was released in 1798 which is weird because if you turn around this 98 it's 89 it's mm -hmm. another little easter egg i think this poem is pretty long there's seven parts to it and it can be kind of confusing because you're obviously reading a poetry style from the 1700s and you know but here here we are learning things taylor being our teacher and making poetry cool again right well, kind of cool. I mean, I don't know if we're like the markers of cool, but yeah, definitely. We're <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I pulled from it, it's, it's about a mariner and he's telling this story to a guest that went to a wedding on shore. Okay. And he's telling this guest basically the tale of the albatross and the shooting of the albatross and all that. And it's interesting because during parts where the wedding guest, you can tell, is trying to get out of the conversation or get away from the mariner, the mariner will pull him back in with superstition and different techniques of getting his attention again, which I thought was a really cool concept for the 1700s to come up with that in the poem. It's like almost like a back and forth in some parts. Mm -hmm. So it is a little hard to understand, but there were a few things that I pulled from it that I think Taylor could have pulled from. Um, first, at length did cross an albatross. So obviously albatross has a lot to do with this poem. So with my crossbow, I shot the albatross, which you have a crossbow, the archer, right? Reference right there. The water, like a witch's oils, burnt green and blue and white. And I thought that was just an interesting cluster of colors to have put together. What does it make you think of? I think of debut. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure it's not related, but that was kind of the colors of her uh, cover for the debut album. It is. Yeah, that that is kind of what I'm thinking of. Dreams is used a lot in this poem. The dreams theory. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know the dreams theory, you're new to the podcast, you don't know who Jessie is, she's, that's that is foundational content on her TikTok. Yeah, I have a playlist on that. Um, the number nine you see repeated a lot in here. Okay, so instead of the cross, the albatross about my neck was hung. Okay. okay. So the burden had to wear it over the neck. Okay, then you have this ship, and this is what was really interesting to me. You have this death ship come in, and it's full of women. So listen to this part. How fast she nears and nears are those her sails that glance in the sun. So what normally you refer to a ship as as with a female pronoun, like female noun, female pronoun, whatever it is, like it's always her mm -hmm. and you give it a name because it's superstitious if you don't. But as this goes on, and is that women, all her crew, is that a death and are there two? In death, that women's mate. Her lips were red, her looks were free, her locks were yellow as gold. Her skin was as white as leprosy. The nightmare, life and death was she. Nightmare? I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. And that literally describes her. Lips are red, locks were... Does she kill two men? Is that what it's alluding to? 
is that death and are there two? Is death that woman's mate? That's kind of, and is basically this mariner surprised that is that women all her crew? Like this ship, ghost ship or whatever it is, cursed ship is coming up and it's all women. Mm-hmm. Women at sea back then was considered very superstitious. Blasphemy. Um, the death is her mate. Is that like karma is my boyfriend? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe this is a 1700s poem. I'm going to need an English teacher to come chime in here. Yeah, I'm we're. Not, I'm not going to pretend to analyze English language, even though I'm it's trying. the only language. But yeah, yeah, I'm trying my best, but I am not an English teacher. And uh, if you are an English teacher, grab onto this stuff with two hands tightly because I feel like students are really going to resonate with this now that it's coming up with Taylor Swift and she's bringing about the poetry part of it. If I were an English teacher, I'd be on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was just the one poem, correct? Is there more to it? Yeah. Oh, of course there is. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So there's just a few more that I want to pull out. And the twain were casting dice. The game is done. I've won. I've won. Yikes. Was the word yikes in there? Did you just add that for your own? No, I added that. Okay. I I was like, was that from the 1700s? No, that was just me. Um, So rolling dice, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of that's very themed. Love it. I thought that the game is done, I've won, I've won is interesting too because it pulls from mastermind. Like she's in the end, she's going to win because she's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. And it repeats, I won, I won. Mm-hmm. So have you ever seen Vegas Vacation? <laughs> At the yes. very end, when he wins the Kino, the old man, he's like, I won, I won, I won the money. <laughs> That's what I just thought of. No, I don't remember that part. Yeah, no, okay. It's a very uh, deep cut of a reference there, but <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave that one in. Keep going. That's funny. <laughs> then it says four times 50 living men, which is a... 200. Okay. And I heard nor sigh nor groan with heavy thump, a lifeless lump. They dropped down one by one. I didn't know if there was like something to do with that 200. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Then they say like a whiz of my crossbow again. Seven days, seven nights, I saw that curse and yet I could not die. And I am just referencing different parts of this poem. It's not going to make any sense. I'm just pulling out parts that I think could have something to do with Taylor. Yeah, the zingers. Reference. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a listener and you're like really into this stuff, go read it and go. You know, you can message us too if you find more to it. But yeah, it's very easy to reference things that tie to Taylor. And I will tell you guys, we don't. I there's plenty of times that I think I'm going down a rabbit hole, and I read an article or a song or something like that, and I'm like, there's nothing here. So it's not like we're like self fulfilling, you know, uh, seeing the only things we want to see. There are so many times that we start looking stuff up and don't find these clues. So it's it definitely is significant when you have a poem like this that's got so much. Yeah, definitely. Um, it mentions the month of April. So I think that's Hmm. very interesting because obviously April is super significant. It's the breakup month and it's the month that this album's coming out. Yeah. Her beams, her beams be mocked the sultry main like April or frost spread. Then down below, 
I wondered about this too. I watched their rich attire, blue, glossy green, and velvet black. Hmm. Just interesting. Just keep in mind the colors. Blue, glossy green. What about that glossy green Golden Globes dress? And it said emerald green actually in the beginning, and I didn't bring that up. Oh. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. With his cruel bow, he laid full low the harmless albatross. He loved the bird that loved the man who shot him with his bow. Ah, uh, Okay. Here's a part that I thought was really interesting. There is a verse that starts out swiftly, swiftly. Yeah. Like this has to be something. Well, yeah, she's definitely read this poem. You don't choose a name like that. Not It's not just a random, you know, vault track. This is the title of a variant and not have done the minimum research it took to find a poem like this. And yeah, there's there's some ties here. Whether the whole song is inspired by it is definitely never going to be confirmed. But uh, to think that Taylor has gotten this far down this albatross train and not have referenced poetry by mm -hmm. a lakes poet like homegirls read this oh yeah because the last thing i'll mention is there's another verse that has but swift as dreams <laughs> myself i found yeah and that's i mean that's all i really found in it so far but like that's very very much an easter egg so we need to think about that if it nothing else the albatross the song i think will have something to do with her being a burden on yes. joe or him being a burden to her or just like yeah wearing the burden that that mm -hmm. kind of thought it made me think of like i wear a chain around my neck not because he owns me but because he really knows me that mm -hmm. definitely so the second poem that i had mentioned is called la albatross and it's french for the albatross and it's a poem by french poet charles baudelaire so this one was written in 1841. So this is written after Coleridge, the, the Mariner. And I found a couple things in this poem. Actually, this I found from a TikTok right before we started filming. I'm going to credit Veronica. So she is from TikTok. And it's V-E-W-R-O-N-I-G-C-A is how her TikTok name is spelled. So it was actually a TikTok I, I had seen right before we started filming tonight. And I read the poem and there's one passage in it that says, the poet is like this prince of the clouds who haunts the tempest and laughs at the archer, exiled on the ground. In the midst of jeers, his giant wings keep him from walking. So we have the archer, exile, haunting poet clouds i mean just in that one little passage interesting I had to, it's crazy how all this is coming together like how weird is it that there's another poem that you read through that is called the albatross and has those themes in it yeah, I don't think Taylor is like pulling things out of thin air when she finds one thing that she's inspired by. I do think she probably finds these themes herself of how crazy is it that there's, you know, these two poets that have written these same themes. And I'm sure there's like layers to the story that you and I don't even recognize because it's like the human emotion behind the writing. And so, um, yeah, I think that's why there are things that line up that are more than one thing because she's got to be inspired. She's not like a a very unilateral inspiration she's not just pulling from one piece so yeah makes sense yeah yeah 
So then the last part of the albatross that we need to talk about connects to Coney Island. Yes. I do know (laughs) about this one. The other stuff has been new to me, but go on. So, okay. So back in, I need to like pull up my data. Hold on. Because I I don't know dates and stuff. Your data. My data. My facts. Karma is my bestie. Facts. (laughs) Death is my mate. Coney Island. We have in 1903, a cleansing fire is what they called it, of 1903. So it's one of the worst fires in Coney Island history. It consumed over 260 buildings. It began in the Albatross Hotel. That's where it began, which is very weird because she has a lot of fire imagery. And now we're tying it again to the Albatross Hotel, which is on Coney Island. Like, it's a lot of connections. Yeah. Hey, did, did you guys do um, Albatross, the golf version of it? Did you know it's a golf term, too? It's a golf term? Yeah. No. Eric waits until we're filming. I'm just I know. <laughs> How did you? I just thought of it. Did you know that? And then you just like, were like, whoa. I already, I knew it all along, but I never put two and two together that you guys, yeah. I heard you guys talking about it. That's like another thing. I have not seen that online. So I am going to do a that TikTok. Awesome. I mean, that's literally what they call a double eagle. Okay. So what, um, when's the masters? April. <gasps> April. The masters. Oh, what, when, when, oh. hold on. When? Uh, April, April 14th, that weekend. And it's in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. So it's the weekend. She was in Tampa. It was the breakup weekend. Florida it starts. April. Hold on. It starts the day of the solar eclipse. Okay, so one thing that has come up since we actually started filming is that Jesse's husband overheard us talking about the albatross and mentioned that the albatross is a term and used in golf. Um, So whenever you hit one stroke under par, um, par is how many times you have to hit the golf ball to get it in the hole. So the goal is to get less than par. So one under is a birdie, two under is an eagle, if you get three under par, a lot of times people apparently call it a double eagle, but it can also be called an albatross. And then we started spiraling here on the side. Maybe we'll cut some of this for TikTok, but we started thinking, okay, double eagle. Um, the big golf tournament is what, Jesse? Okay, so the huge golf tournament coming up is called the Masters, which the we Masters. all know Taylor is re-recording her Masters. And the Masters begins on April 8th, which is the day that she announced her breakup with Joe Alwyn. And is the this year the solar eclipse, which we know imagery around the solar eclipse in many um, music videos. I can see you, the man. Yeah. So let's talk about the number of days between breakup announcement date, April 8th and April 19th which will be the release of the Tortured Poets Department. It's 11 days, TS-11. There's way too many coincidences here. Yeah. That's huge. Tea time, everyone agrees. Tea time, golf, Jesse. Tea time. (gasps) Oh, my God. At tea time, I've always thought she was talking about golf. And then I'm like, well. Tea time, everybody everybody agrees. agrees. The sun, directly at the sun, the solar fucking eclipse. 
this, see guys, this is when you think of a theory and it, this is our faces and how we come up with it in real time. You guys are seeing this live right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. No, but like, okay. So at tea time at the masters, which starts on April 8th, which is the solar clip, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting. Always rooting for the anti-hero. What else? We need to dig into that song. I don't know. I don't know, but I know that her songs have several layers of meaning. So this could have more. We know that she's talking about, you know, herself being the antihero and all that. But this could be another layer of meaning that she's put on it. What if like the week of the masters is something maybe like midnight's. No, because she wrote Midnight's before she wrote, she finished Midnight's before she wrote anything that um, would come out in Torture Poets. But I was thinking like the whole week could be significant. The fact that this happens on April 8th starts, the festivities start for this on April 8th is so weird. And it's the Masters. And there's a term in golf called the Albatross. Okay, so that may just have to wrap up Albatross theories for now. Jesse's going to throw some more videos on her TikTok. So by the time you're listening to this, if this feels incomplete, go to Jesse's TikTok. I may make one or two, but ultimately, uh, as you can see, a lot of this is still theory in motion. Oh my God, I'm coining that term. Theory in motion. Okay, that's going to be like our byline. Okay, so going into the variants, she obviously started the announcement of Tortured Poets back at the Grammys. And then when she was in Melbourne, she put out the second variant. And now since she's been in Sydney, there is a third variant. I think it's probably our due diligence to talk a little bit about our thoughts on so many variants. I know there's been a lot of discourse online about how, um, you know, people calling it a money grab and greedy to have all of these variants. So Jesse, I will start with your thoughts then. Yeah, because I guess I'm just kind of like neutral on this, not neutral as in like complacent, but I see both sides. Like I can see the side of, people calling her like capitalist queen and and all that and why they feel like that but then i can also see the other side whereas you know people are kind of like if you don't you don't have to buy them but then the argument is yes we do because that's the only access we'll have to these songs but eventually she's going to put them on streaming so we also don't know that we don't know right now that she won't put them all on streaming right away not right away, but she will eventually. No, but she could. I mean, she's done bonus tracks on streaming right away. Like in the past, she might have gated the Target exclusive, but she's never done a bonus track rollout like this. So who's to say that she'll follow that same rule? Usually the Target exclusive is the only one with a bonus track that you can't get on streaming. And Jesse, to your point, it will come out eventually. But I am not I'm not convinced. I could be wrong. But I'm not convinced she'll gatekeep all of these, especially if they are literally the names of these variants and are very significant songs. These are not the last song to make the list. These are front and center. So I would be I would actually be very shocked if she gatekept them um, and didn't let the discourse behind what those album songs have to say be released with the whole album. So I just looked it up on her website and it doesn't say anything about that it won't be streaming it says that the artwork is exclusive and collectible on the album sleeves but it doesn't say that the bonus track will just be exclusively on the vinyl 
Yeah, so you're right. Because like when they do Target, they talk about exclusive. Um, yeah, and that's where I would like. Can you imagine if the manuscript, the albatross, and fill in the blank? What was the other one? The bolter. The bolter. Thank you. If those three were not of like, those are honestly the ones we talked about the most. And I actually don't think she's that capitalistic capital, whatever she, because in reality, unless there was a reason to tuck this away, I always thought that you're losing me was a tuck away moment where she was like, I'm just going to drop this on a weekend. We've already talked about that in this episode alone. She's not, these are songs that she wants people to hear. So I would be willing to bet that these will be available. And that is where, with that consideration, if she does gatekeep the extra bonus tracks, especially knowing that two of them are no longer available, that's a little bit weird um, and a little out of character from what she's done in the past. But typically she will have multiple variants. And I'll tell you guys, I'm a huge Swifty and I don't have all the variants of different things. Like when Midnight's came out, I own one Midnight's vinyl. I own the Jade Green one, I think. It's Jade Green or something like that. I know I own yeah. it. I just don't know if that's the color name. Um, and then when uh, 1989 was released, you had the four variants. I ordered the yellow. And what's interesting is I ordered the yellow knowing that I could have canceled the order should she have come out with a better one later because it was very similar to this rollout where you didn't see all the colors at once. And so since none of it is really shipping until the launch, you still have the opportunity to like you know change your mind. Um, but I don't feel like less of a Swifty or that I'm missing out. I think if anything, it's not about collecting all of them for me. I like the, um, I like the options. You know, I remember when she dropped the holiday line, uh, a friend of mine was saying like that, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff. It's, you know, and mentioned greed. And I was like, to me, I look at it and think I've got a 13 year old niece. Like there's all this shit I could buy for her, you know, like, and maybe some of it's stuff that's not her taste. And so thinking about even the ornaments, like you don't have to have every ornament she drops, but like one of those ornaments, I got the fuck the patriarchy ornament ornament because mm -hmm. I wanted it. I didn't, I'm not yeah. like decorating my whole tree in Taylor Swift right now. I mean, that, call me next year. I definitely will be. <laughs> but at the time that was the ornament that stood out to me and it was a lower price point item. And so that's where I do think like there is both sides where you, you want to give people options. Taylor is not some like niche boutique. She is like Amazon TJ Maxx, right? Like she is so big that like, she is going to need multiples of different sweatshirts and tees for people to find something that they actually like. I know vinyls aren't exactly a one-to-one -one with that. Like, especially these, these are like shades of gray. I keep joking. Mm -hmm. There's going to be 50 variants and it's going to be 50 shades of gray themed because she was on the 50 shades of gray album, um, back with Zane. But, um, but regardless, I say all that to say, pick the one that's your favorite. And, and, and roll with it, you know, and, and don't regret it. Don't really think too much about it because ultimately I don't think she wants people to buy every single one unless they are a collector. They have that kind of income and it's something that makes them happy. Um, if you feel guilty or strained to purchase anything, I mean, even one, right? You can get it all mostly free on streaming. I say mostly because there's obviously service fees there, but um but yeah, I just think if you're if you're somebody who is kind of feeling that, just remember that there's going to be another album in the future. And if, if you're feeling a little bit tight on money, don't buy them all. You're going to regret it. Just buy the one that makes you happy and and live with that. Yeah. 
I started um, when she started with Midnight's. I started getting the different variations because it made a clock and I got the clock thing. I still have yet to put it up. <laughs> then I did end up getting pulled in and I bought the different variants of, of 1989. Um, I had them all wrapped. I'm not a big like record playing person. I want to be, but I don't, I mean, I haven't really done it yet. Um, so I got them more so just to keep them in the plastic and like, just kind of keep them collector you're collecting, right? You, you want in 20 years to have the originals, right? Like it'd be so right. cool to have like the original of her very first album. Um, yeah. And I think that's where the clock is a good example. I never intended to make a clock. So that's why I didn't feel the strain to buy all four. Um, mm -hmm. but what's great is that is, that's a lot of money, right? You got to get the little clock set and you got to get the four vinyls, but that is a huge amount of real estate on your walls. And that is an expensive, like amount to fill on a wall, regardless of if it's a Taylor vinyl or not. Right. So it's, it kind of comes back to like, what are you comparing it to? Are you buying it for the music? And if you are buy the one that you love or stream it. If you're buying it to be a collector or to put artwork up or to do all that, then it's actually really cool that she gives us options because not all of us are going to have the same tastes. I think 1989 was a really good example of that. Those covers were very different. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even get the record store version of the lakes for folklore. I mean, I wish I would have now, but looking back, I wasn't really collecting a lot of stuff. And since then I've become more of collector I guess I would say, but then sometimes, I don't know, I don't get them. But now that I've, I'm three deep, I'm sure if she announces another variant in Singapore, which I think she will. I think she will too. Well, and Singapore will be the last shows before the break. So there will be a little bit of a break, which ironically, the Masters golf tournament is now on our radar for that. Um, but yeah, I just think guys, if you... If you think that buying stuff like a new vinyl or, you know, Taylor merch is going to make you happy, then by all means, like, you know, I have definitely become much more of that kind of collector since doing Taylor Swift talk stuff, doing this podcast. Like, yeah, I do want every vinyl for this variation, but I don't regret not having every vinyl for past variations. So like, I, you know, I'm not trying to project my own shopping habits onto people right now, but I just, just if it does relate to kind of what you're going through, if you really, really want them, then get them. And if you really, you know, feel like that's too much, then do not, do not feel like you'll regret it. And if you do, maybe they'll come back around on eBay. And yeah, and please don't think yourself less of a Taylor Swift fan if you don't God, buy no. this stuff. It doesn't make you less of a Taylor Swift fan. No, not at all. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't bought any. I mean, I bought 1989 on CD because my car at the time had a CD player, but I don't think I had bought. Well, no, maybe. I just a lot of iTunes back in the day. Well, even back then with the original 1989, they had different collector's packs with different Polaroids mm -hmm. and you had to collect those different ones to get. So it's not like a new concept that she's been doing. She's been doing this Easter eggy, different variations for different reasons stuff for a long time. And yes, it's great marketing. And I think sometimes we need to look at that as um, str like strategic rather than calculated. Yeah. Well, and to add to that with the 199 Polaroids, I mean... I don't know where mine went. I knew I had them. I didn't know at the time that there were four sets. 
Um, again, there wasn't really social media, like unless you were on like the, the, you know, discourse of Taylor Swift on like Reddit or Twitter, like you weren't really, although I will say back in 2014, I watched every damn Taylor Swift theory egg YouTube video. That was like the kind of place to get some of that. Um, but I don't know where my Polaroids went. So if that makes you feel any better, they're probably in the trash. Please don't come for me. Yeah, I know. And I didn't realize like what they were worth if you had mm -hmm. the whole set. And I only got one set and I actually just recently found it. But yeah, I um, I I think she was really big back then too on Tumblr, which I never had. Mm -hmm. That is what I was thinking. Not Reddit. It was Tumblr. Yeah, she was yeah. all over Tumblr. I, I was never on Tumblr. So yeah, yeah, well, they were doing egg videos back in those days. I was living in Las Vegas and I had no TV. I just had an iPad for entertainment and I would literally just get on YouTube and watch all of the, um, and this would have been during the 1989 era where people were analyzing videos and, and really showing up as uh, theories. Gosh, when I think about that time, so 2014 and 2015 would have been the 89 era. Yeah. I was, I had a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and I was pregnant with my third. Damn. So I wasn't, at that point in time, I wasn't watching theories. You weren't shaking it off? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just ready to be done having kids. But... <laughs> what would have been the best relational song for you in your life? At that time? Off yeah. of 89? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish you would come back, maybe. Yeah, I wish you would. Yeah, Basically, fucking... I wish you would test me right now. <laughs> fucking dare you. I fucking dare fucking you. Dare I was you. thinking I was thinking you'd be mad at Eric and be like, I wish you would go get me some whatever you're craving at that time. Oh, and he did. <laughs> he still does. Let's be real. Yeah. Okay, so bringing it back to the variant. So sorry to sidetrack, guys, but... Uh... I think that, too, if you guys have an argument one way or the other you can always leave that on our youtube comments because we go through those and we read them and you know we respond to them so i'd like to see it if you had you know just a, de a friendly debate yeah debate no hate another term i'm gonna coin um yeah and guys we are figuring out our cadence right now so we do read everything we try i was actually in my inbox for the tspn TikTok. i think this weekend real and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry for a few people that i was responding to so we will be better about that i promise it's just a matter of these weeks have gone very fast you know by the time we are done filming i uh you know i'm thinking okay editing then we're marketing then we're posting and then next thing you know we're recording for the next week so um we'll be a little bit better about responding and stuff jesse's been doing a good job of responding to TikTok comments but oh my gosh this last week when people were posting everywhere they were from like italy and south africa so and, awesome oh my gosh just so many um and it's just it blows my mind there's somebody from hong kong like you guys it's it makes me emotional so mm -hmm. I won't cry. Well, I just wanted to say we are so grateful. We are so grateful for everybody. I mean, you have no idea. This is just something we do because we're passionate about it. And to even think that you guys are sending us messages like you listen to us every Friday morning while you're cleaning or like, like you chose to listen to our podcast. I can't, I mean, I can't get over that. That's just my Damn it, Jesse, I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> It just, I, I remember that comment this week and it got me emotional and I'm like, I can't even remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember your handle right now. I'll go back and look, but like, yeah, yeah. like you chose to listen to us out of all those other podcasts. Now I'm going to get emotional. 
I know. Damn well, it. and it's a lot of time. I, this hours or this episode's going to be really long, I'm sure, because we're crying and going off course. <laughs> but um, just know that we do this for you guys. We're not doing this to like blow up our own clout and shit like that. Like I still have my full time job. Jesse's got three kids and a photography business. Like this is really something that we're doing because we love Taylor Swift and we love this community and to be this embraced and to have this much success so early on is just beyond our wildest dreams. And it does help if you guys could honestly like leave us a five-star review. Um, We have a ton too. You guys have been doing so great, but yeah, sharing with your friends. Yeah. That would be Um, awesome. Okay. So speaking of being creators and online, there have been a few accounts this past week that have kind of brought up leaks on their own. So I wanted to talk about that. Let's first talk about AI and the injection of that technology into leak culture, because there have been several what we would call leaks that you could very easily say is that AI. And so I am like, I scroll so damn fast when I see leak or when I start to hear it. So I haven't actually listened to any of it, but um, I did want to just kind of open up that discussion. Um, And yeah, Jesse, I mean, what are your thoughts surrounding the leaks so far? Like why is Taylor's team not shut them down? Are they AI? Stuff like that. I do. I have listened to them. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. You like listening to leaks, don't you? So I don't like it. It is I I kind of like I use this analogy with you the other night, I think, where like it's almost like when you're driving by a car wreck and you just like like you look and you're not supposed to and you feel like guilty about it. That's how I feel. But I'm going to listen every single time. Like if there's oh, my God, like I am awful. I'm awful. I'm I know that's awful, right? I don't, obviously I would never share it or tell anybody about it, but like, as I'm telling you guys, but um, (laughs) just the whole world, my fascination with it is more, is this real or is it not? You know, Mm -hmm. all of the ones I've heard with the exception of one, I feel like are all AI. They're all fake. Yeah. And it's really sad because the one that I think might be real would be her and Jack working on it in the studio and someone was secretly like recording in their pocket on a cell phone. So you can't really hear a whole lot of what the song is, but you can tell that it's a song. Um, And I just think that's disgusting because they have like a snake amongst them. Like somebody is, somebody's being a snake and I'm sure they figured out who it is. If it's real, I think it is, but yeah, the AI has just taken over. For me, I can tell when something's AI. It's just awful. Like, yeah, well, and it's going to get harder. It will get harder um, over the years. And there is an account that posted, I had done a kind of response video on the TS Pod Network TikTok. Um, that was really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the this account had posted and was getting a ton of views, ton, which is why I felt the need to say something just because usually you just kind of ignore it. But they were doing basically like what would it be song lyrics or poetry and made these mock-ups of the album colors with the album logo and then flipped everything in reverse. So like when you were looking at it, it was backwards, almost like a mirror. Um, now that I say that, maybe that makes it feel more real, (laughs) but, um, but you know, it's flipped backwards and, um, it just was a little too literal for me. The fact that it was called a tortured poet, it's like the handle is a tortured poet backwards. And, um, just the, I mean, to me, I saw the font and I was like, this is like kind of, 
you know, like I could have made this in Canva and that's whenever I was like, well, I'm going to get in Canva. So I, I compared the colors of what was posted to the actual colors. So the ghost white, the beige parchment and the smoke gray, and they are just not a match. And when you work in branding, especially somebody like Taylor, like those things, those details are not missed. And that's why we think Woodvale exists because she left Woodvale on a piece of art. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So I will always bring it back to Woodvale. Coming back to TTPD, um, you know, that's those are the things, guys. If it feels a little bit sniffy, like you're like, mm, this feels a little hoaxy. Um, I don't even know if hoaxy is a word, but um, or if, if hoaxy it feels is off, a word. I think is what you said. Yeah. And so if it feels a little bit off, just kind of trust that gut and don't spend too much time on it. Um, you know, I think uh, I personally have learned a lot from the Argyle stuff with, um, you know, the placating of the theories by the marketing team with Argyle and really them leaning into Swiftyism in a way that uh, was very clear using Taylor's name. I, okay, I won't get too far into that either, but um, Jesse and I wasted many nights hours, I mean, mm -hmm. countless hours researching, scrolling through those pages, screenshotting, reading the freaking, you know, author's bio. So take a lesson from us. And if there's something that feels a little bit suspicious and you are an egg hunter, somebody who spends some extra time, you know, just kind of going down a rabbit hole, don't base your rabbit hole off of something that's a little bit iffy base your rabbit hole off something that is not. And then you'll you'll get off track, right? You'll end up being like, you know, 10 plus three equals 13. And that's this 15th day of the week. And it's TS15 coming out in 2025. You know, that's when you start to feel loony. But as long as you're starting somewhere like the Lakes Poets or an albatross poem, like those are where I would say you're probably going to spend better time. But by all means, do it the way you want. I just, when I see accounts like that, if it is a hoax, that's kind of crummy in my opinion, because it's just, it's just wasting people's time. Yes, it is. Um, I, and literally like literarily like reading it, um, Nikki, you guys know at, at Nikki, you know, Nikki King on TikTok. Um, she doesn't think it sounds like anything Taylor would write. So yeah. And I really haven't paid a whole lot. I mean, I read through them, but I haven't like analyzed them because I just don't feel like it's right. I don't feel like it's her. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's just not the marketing strategy, right? Like if Taylor was going to do it, it would not be under an account called the Torture Poet. It would not be song lyrics, you know? Um, again, it's just a little too in your face. Um, and if we are wrong, we will admit it. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll we'll circle back on that if that comes to light. Um, speaking of circling back, I think it's a good segue into the hat giveaway. So we are filming this on Tuesday, February 27th. We have not chosen a winner because the contest goes through midnight on the 29th. But by the time you listen to this, you might be like, huh, I wonder who won. We will announce that on the next episode. So just hang tight. By the time you're listening to this, the contest is closed. We will try and figure out giveaways for more months to come. If you are a creator and you are creating stuff like this and you want to uh, donate for a giveaway, just let us know. Um, super exciting, though. As of the last time I checked, we had tons of submissions. So we'll go through and do it's a random poll. Um, so we'll do a random draw for a winner and then we'll announce that next week. 
And if you guys want a hat and you want to purchase it on our website, we have links to all the Etsy shops where you can get this stuff that we show you for, you know, giveaways and stuff like that. It's all linked there. Definitely. Um, another thing that came out this week, just kind of housekeeping items, we've got surprise song bingo. So if you are a surprise song listener, I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast and you love to kind of uh, keep track of what she's doing on tspodnetwork.com, there is a bingo card. You could also just go to tspodnetwork.com backslash bingo. And what it is, is it's a form with 24 fields because every bingo card has 25 and then there's a free space. And I named the free space, I got a free space, baby, you know, like from blank space. Um, Okay, so then numbers one through 24 are filled in by what you enter into the form. So you choose 24 songs, just go down the line and start typing them in. And then you at the very end, when you hit submit, it will take you to a page where you get two different versions of a bingo card. One is one that's really easily screenshotable to your phone. And then you can use your phone's editing tools. Like usually phones have like markup options um, to mark off as things are played. Or there's a printable version. So I did one that just has very minimal ink usage. If you are somebody who would want to print it and have it manually, you know, print it out. There is no limit to when we're going to have this open. There is no limit to how many you can submit. Tell your friends about it. If you want to submit a couple for yourself and play against yourself, if you want to do one for your husband, I mean, whoever in your life, um, definitely completely free tool. It's just something that we kind of thought up with some other creator friends this weekend, and um, I threw it together for you. So tspodnetwork.com backslash bingo, get your bingo cards. I've already marked off exile on mine. And I know that I'm going to have to redo it once tortured poets comes out. Cause I wasn't thinking about it and only did current songs. And somebody had asked in one of the comments about like, Oh, is this supposed to be like each city? And I'm like, it could be whatever you want. If you want to do a, I, I think each city might be a little tight. Cause she doesn't actually sing that many songs in each city. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess now she does now that she's doing mashups, but, um, yeah, so so it's a tool. Use it however you want. Okay, so coming up, we have the iHeart Music Awards, and Taylor is normally there. She normally goes to iHeart. She's she's very much a supporter of iHeart Radio, and they are very much a supporter of Taylor. However, this year she probably will not be there because she's in Singapore, doing six shows. That's a lot. Six in Singapore. Yes, six shows in Singapore, and then she's on a break until May 9th. She'll be in Paris. So the Eras Tour will start up again May 9th. But yeah, six shows is a lot, and it's a lot on her vocal cords. Um, My prediction is that we're going to keep going with the mashups. I think she's going to announce another variant, and I think Travis will probably join her in Singapore. Yeah, so that is an insane amount. And I know we saw that a little bit in LA with the back-to-back shows like that, where she almost got like, you know, the whole dance crew, the team. I mean, that is such a lot. Are they all back-to-back too? There's no week between. It's like six nights in a row. So um, she is going to start in Singapore on Saturday, March 2nd. She does Sunday, March 3rd and Monday, March 4th. And then she has a couple days off and she does Thursday, March 7th, Friday, March 8th, Saturday, March 9th. So really, we're going to have another podcast episode out by the time Singapore is done. So that'll be an interesting kind of because she's going over a week, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's going to be there a while. She'll be there about two weeks. So yeah, by the time this airs, she won't even have started yet. And then we'll have another episode out for Friday, March 8th, and she will be playing that night. Yep. So we'll be able to we'll be able to like do a first half and second half of Singapore when it comes to surprise songs. So you had already predicted another variant. Any surprise song predictions? Anything that you're kind of expecting out of it? I'm expecting the mashups to continue. I don't know if I have any like song choices off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I think the mashups, um, you know, with six shows, what does that equal? That's like 12, no, 24 songs that we could potentially get because there's two songs times two times two times two times two, 22. Um, yeah, no, I, so really guys fill out your bingo cards before Singapore, because if, yeah. if we could potentially be getting 24 songs, there's 24 squares. There's obviously like 200 songs to choose from. Um, but this would be a good time to, to get that filled in. Well, and she actually, she's done a mashup with like three songs before. So we yeah. could easily get 24 songs out of Singapore. I would do a bingo card for just Singapore and then one for like the rest of the Eras tour. If you, I mean, you can do as many as you want, but like, yeah, why don't you play against your friends and have all of you guys do one for Singapore? That would yeah. be cool. And if you're listening to this the day it airs, you guys have time. Yeah. Or you can do it midway through. No rules. No rules. No rules. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't have any predictions either. Um, I did see Ty had sent us the weather. It's going to rain, I think, the whole time. So I made the really bad dad joke of when she sings, it pours Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's assuming that we're even saying it right in our American accents. But I know. Oh, my goodness. Sorry if we're not. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, looking forward to that. And guys, as always, we just appreciate this. This has been the craziest two months almost of my life. Um, I keep joking that I feel like I have a child because I'm not sleeping and there's too much to do and everything is just all happening at once. And so I'm saying that as a non-mother. So if that comes off really out of touch because toddlers are actually a pain in the ass and I'm over here just making a podcast, I'm sorry. Um, but it's been, it's been a labor of love and we are so grateful. So again, five stars, if you can give them on whatever you're listening to, follow us on TikTok, go to the YouTube, subscribe. Even if you don't watch podcasts on YouTube, just subscribing would be great. Um, you know, there are a lot of goals that we need to hit to start to, you know, really maximize some of this and, and definitely come back next week. And as always, we love you guys. Bye.